Parsha this week is about the sin of the golden calf. Most of the parsha of the sin of the golden calf, and the result and consequences and the rectification of the sin of the golden calf. Even the beginning of the parsha, which talks about the mitzvah of giving the half coin, even that is also about fixing the sin of the golden calf. Um, as it says in the Torah, you should give the half coin. Why should you give the half coin? to be an atonement for yourself. That means you need something, there's some issue. And the purpose of giving the half coin is to rectify this issue. What issue is it? The issue is the sin of the golden calf. There's actually a, um, a hint in the Gemara for how we see the half coin is associated with, um, with the sin of the golden calf. It says that the word machatzis um, is related to the idea of the half half of the day. Moshe Rabbeinu was, was told the Jewish people is coming back in 40 days. So they thought, the, they counted wrong. And they thought the 40 days started from the day that he left. And really that wasn't a full day. And so when the when the, he came midday, Moshe left. They said, Bashesh, half the day has come. He hasn't arrived yet. So therefore they, they, they said, okay, he's not coming, not coming back. Especially because the Sutton showed them the image of Moshe's casket, and Moshe passed away. So, so they were sure that he wasn't coming back. Barshesh. There's also another thing the Gemara says about the half coin, that, that the half coin has in it six other coins, which is, and, and, and which represents the, um, the sixth hour of the day. So either way, so we see that the whole entire parsha is about the sin of the golden calf. There are actually um, three things. It's a long parsha. Let's talk about, let's talk about three things in the parsha. Which are, which are about rectification, way to fix this issue, and not just this issue, but all issues. Um, for the first is the tzur. It says like this. And later on, the parasha talks about the, um, how Hashem appeared to Moshe Rabbeinu with 13 attributes of mercy. Before Hashem appears to Moshe Rabbeinu, and, and Hashem... Uh, uh, the whole story, how Hashem uh, passed before Moshe, says, Hashem told Moshe, I want to put you into a rock. So, put you into a rock. That's one concept. And the Torah says that um, um, later on the Torah talks about a covenant that Hashem made with Moshe, with us and Hashem. And the beginning of the parasha talks about the half coin. So these three concepts, the half coin, the rock, and the half shekel are all associated with the idea of forgiveness for the sin of the golden calf. So how do they really, what's the meaning of the, of the rock, what's the meaning of the half coin, and what's the meaning of the bris, or the covenant? So let's start with the, uh, with the rock. In order to produce a fire, before we get to atonement, let's, first let's define the word atonement. Kapara in Hebrew doesn't just mean that you don't get punished. Kapara means that you're forgiven. That, 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 that whatever issue there was, whatever schmutz, whatever negative thing is there, it's washed off. That's not kapara. Kapara is touched, it's washed off. Kinuach, lich lech Hashem washes off whatever negative thing that's there. 
So, in order to wash off whatever negative thing is there, the only way that's possible is because of something deeper that wasn't affected. You can't, you can't atone for the sin of the golden calf if the blemish went through and through. The reason why it's possible to atone for it, to clean it off, is because there's a part of us that wasn't affected by the sin of the golden calf. The reason why um, there, could, there could be kapara is because there's something wholesome. I don't know if the story is true. I believe the point of the story is true. I heard that, that the previous Rebbe once asked advice from his teacher, the Rashbats, when he was a child. Rashbats was a great, great genius. He was a teacher of the Marash, the Rashab, and the Friedrich Rebbe. <coughs> he lived in, in, in uh, Rebbe Shmuel Esterman. And the way I heard the story was, he, the, the, the Friedrich Rebbe asked him, I don't know where to start. He had some issue. He doesn't know where to start. So, Rebbe, so he told the Friedrich Rebbe, start with what's healthy. And with what's healthy, you can fix that which is not healthy. Start off with what's, with what's healthy. So in a similar way, in order to cause kapara, to, to, to wash off anything negative, the first step is there has to be a... Um, the first step to wash off anything negative, you have to reach the part of, the, of yourself where there is no negativity in the first place. When you reach the part of yourself where there's no negativity, then the, the part that's still pure and wholesome from that part of the, of the, of the, of the neshama, which hasn't been affected, which hasn't been tainted, that's able to cleanse the rest of it. So that's the, that's the general theme. And uh, in that theme has three parts. And the one part is the idea of the rock. It says that in order to produce a fire, we know to produce a fire you have to have two things. Number one, you have to have fuel. And secondly, in order to produce a fire, you have to make sure it's not wet. Whatever, whatever your fuel is for the fire, it can't be wet. If it's wet, then it's not gonna, it's, it won't burn. So in a similar way, Hashem gave us fuel for our, our godly fire. Hashem wants us to be a vessel for godly fire. Chaim Peretz, you want a coffee? It's kosher today. All right. So, so uh, there is the fuel for the fire of mitzvahs. It puts on film, it keeps Shabbos, it keeps kosher. The mitzvahs, the positive mitzvahs Hashem gives us, that's, that's something that contains, that's something able to hold Hashem's godly fire. That's, that's, that's the fuel. Besides the fuel, it also makes sure that things don't get wet. That's the purpose of 365 negative mitzvahs. The say, the say means we, should do, we shouldn't get our, we shouldn't make things, we shouldn't make, make any, anything that will disturb the mitzvahs from the house in God's fire. The Hashem is called a consuming fire. But um, I wish I knew remember the details of the story taught to you properly. One chassid, he saw the Rebbe Rashab running around with his brother, the Razor. And, uh, and I don't remember if it was his father who mentioned his discourse, and, uh, or maybe the Rebbe Rashab himself mentioned that, that uh, a Jew is a consuming fire. A God, a, a Hashem is a consuming fire. So the guy was really interested in, in the Rebbe Rashab's take on this. So he grabbed the Rebbe Rashab, was a little kid running around, and he said, So how come I don't get burnt? If you're a Sheikh, how come burnt? He said, What do you mean? You're in a Shema too. Fire is a consumed fire. But this, uh, if you ask me, I'll send you the, the, the story later. Anyways, so a Jew is, has, has a fire, and he's able to contain the fire of Hashem. So that mitzvahs ask, the positive mitzvahs, they, they're able to bring us the light of Hashem. And by keeping the leisah say, but not doing the negative commandments, we're able to make sure that, that the fire doesn't get wet. This, these two conditions for fire only apply 
with a uh, with with most things, but there's something that does need to have fuel. Doesn't matter if it's wet. What is that? That's a flintstone. A flintstone, even if it's in water for th- for thousands of years, <clears throat> and without any fuel, it it if you strike it, it will produce a spark. So, what that means spiritually is that there's a a part of the Jew which is not affected by the by the by the water, which means that Vedas. A part of a Jew which is, even in Mr. Mitzvah you don't have the fuel. There's still a part of you which is whole, which is pure, and that's where the kapara comes from. That's where this, the, the, Shem um, is able to wash up all negative things that are there externally because we have this deeper flintstone connection with Hashem. So that's why the Hashem told Meshach Rabbeinu, after the sin of the golden calf, he's told him to go to go into, into the rock. It says, Habitu, Look in the rock that you're a hoon from. The meaning of looking at what Hashem is telling us is, is that you, should, you shouldn't look at your, your, uh, your external way things are external. You should look at where the rock you come from. Look, how, how, look at your core. Don't judge yourself by the way things are external. Look at your core. It's a beautiful teaching. I heard from Abiel. I don't know where this comes from. Gemara says that if someone sells the fruit of a tree... The tree hasn't produced any fruit yet. But if I sell you the fruit of a tree, but the tree hasn't yet produced the fruit, the halacha is that you cannot, you don't acquire the fruit. Although you gave me the money and we agreed on the transaction, it doesn't work. Why not? Because the mayor says, I'll acquire something does not exist. Since you can't acquire something that doesn't exist, since there's no fruit yet here, you can't acquire it. However, if you buy the tree for its fruit, you don't buy the actual tree. Just buy the tree for its ability to produce fruit, so then the halacha is that you do acquire the fruit as well. Even though it doesn't make sense, why would you buy the tree for? Why buying the tree? The whole purpose of the tree is the fruit. So you don't really want the tree; you want the fruit. And yet, if you buy the tree, you get the fruit too. You look at the goal; your goal is to get the fruit. You don't get the tree, you don't get anything. Shabbos say like this: there is, there is the fruit. The fruit is. It's like in, our, in this analogy before, it's the fuel, it's the mitzvah. So you look at your life and you say, listen, I need, I need to fix stuff up. And you fix up this and you fix up that. If you look at your life that way, you're never going to get anywhere. Never going to get anywhere. It's dovish, things don't exist yet. You look at your life and you want to fix things and change things. And I want to do this A, B, and B. And you look at yourself as deficient, you're missing something. You're not really going to get far. The, in order to get anywhere in life, your first step has to be you have to look at, at the tree. The meaning of looking at the tree is you look at who you are, your essence. Look at the Flintstone. Look at where you come from. Look at you come from Abitz and Yaakov. Look at your core. If you look at your core and you realize that you're in the that part of Hashem, and you're whole and you're pure, if you realize that, and then you'll get the mitzvahs as well. The mitzvahs will come. You can't, you can't begin to start fixing up your life by starting just with the fruit. It's too, it's too, it's too cumbersome, and it's too, it's too, it's too much minutia, and you're gonna, you're going, to, you're going to lose, lose, lose passion, and you'll, it's, doesn't exist yet, and it's, it's, it's uh, we, we procrastinate, as we discussed yesterday, the Fabreng and different reasons people procrastinate. They procrastinate because they uh, think that they're not going to really make it, not really going to be successful. Go ahead. I just have to admit, I have a problem with procrastination. I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> I, I just want to appoint my grandfather, Fogel Nolashon. He once gave a share during 10 days of tshuva 
and uh, and every single person who was by his class came over to me individually. He's Rabbi, I know you're talking about me. <laughs> so procrastination is something that Jews. I told, I told my therapist, doctor, everybody hates me. It's impossible. Everyone doesn't know you yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. People procrastinate because of perfectionism. They want, they, they feel they're not at the same level as everybody else, and they feel if they try, they're going to be inadequate, so why should they invest? Or they procrastinate because um, they feel if they're successful, it's going to mess up their life. So they, they change their life too much. So the first step is, that this comfortable thing we need to address, first of all, is that you have the tree. You have a part of yourself which is whole. That's step number one. Once you know you have the tree, you know who you are, and the, tr- the fruit's going to come as well. Huh? You like it. That, so that's the first concept. Hashem tells Meshach Rabbeinu, look at the rock. Then there's a second concept. The second concept, Hashem says, the Meshach is, um, is the bris. In those days, the way they made a covenant between people was like this. They would take a cow. Like the bris in the They take a cow, they cut the cow in half, and the people who made the covenant between each other would walk between the two halves of the cow. What does that mean? If you want to, people want to connect themselves to each other, they should take a string and tie a string. They should tie. They should take glue. Why, 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 are, they, why are they cutting something in half? Why are they separating? The whole point is they want, they want to show they're connected to each other. What's the point of separating? Why, why do they separate? The answer is like this. What's the meaning of a bris? What's the real meaning people make a covenant? Covenant means people love each other. People love each other. And they have reasons why they love each other. But it's possible that there be other stronger reasons that could make the love stop. So guarding yourself is no issue. Why is no issue regarding love for yourself? Because every person's love for themselves. And the love we have for ourselves uh, obscures all of our faults. Because we love ourselves so much, we don't notice our faults so much. Our faults are negligible to us. We're able to live with ourselves. Like you're saying about, uh, <laughs> and no one knows me yet. Because you know yourself, I mean, you know yourself your faults more than anybody else, but we're still able to live with ourselves. Why can we live with ourselves? Because Hashem made us this inborn lo- self-love, and it's a healthy psychological thing, in order that we should want to handle all of our faults. Huh? So, so that's what the Mitzvah Sesol actually is. Mitzvah Sesol, the same rights, is to love another person the same way you love yourself, and so you're able to ignore their faults as well. Also, you can live with yourself, you can live with someone else. For yourself, you always say, ah, it wasn't that I'm, that I'm, uh, that I'm an obnoxious uh, beast. It just was today, I was tired. My daughter showed me yesterday on Amazon, they sell this thing called a tantrum card. A tantrum card. <laughs> it's, it's very cute. You, you, you write, um, please excuse me because I was, it says a bunch of different things. I was, didn't sleep. I was angry. I was anxious. I was hungry. And for doing A, because I, I, it's cute. Get to see it. Anyways. Um, so, um, so, the, so people could also be afraid that they, their love for each other could dissipate because of various reasons. So therefore, they, they make a covenant with each other. What's the Eva covenant? The Eva covenant is they don't always love each other. Why could they always love each other? Why would that love always stay? The reason always lo- the love will stay is because they, 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 don't, they agree to become one. They agree to not look at each other as separate, but become one with each other, to become one being. So that's the idea of the two halves of a cow. The, 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 the thing that they're dividing in half is actually one. It may be divided in two pieces, but it's intrinsically one. In a similar way, they're walking between this and saying, although we are both individual people, but nevertheless, we're making this promise to each other that we're going to look at each other as actually one, that we're not going to look at each other as, as separate people. So that's the meaning of Hashem's atonement of the Jewish people. Again, in the second item in this parish, we see this idea of 
Hashem forgives us because of the bris. The idea of a bris means that Yisrael, the Kuchabrich, Kulachad, that Hashem, the Jewish people are one. Because Hashem, the Jewish people are one, therefore Hashem forgives us. The forgiveness comes because of this, of this, um, of the emes, the truth that's revealed in this bris that we, that's, that Agin and are one. And there is a, the first element, really, in the parsha, the third element of mentioning, is the idea of the half shekel. What did it, the Torah introduces a half shekel in a very unusual way? Torah says, "You should know there's something called a whole shekel, and a whole shekel is made up of twenty smaller coins called gera. And if you divide it in half, you'll get ten gera. And now you give half a shekel to Hashem, and that'll be an atonement." The Torah could have said, "Everybody give ten gera." The Torah doesn't say it. The Torah says, "You should know there's such a thing called the whole shekel, and you should give a half. And the half is a half of twenty. There's twenty is the whole, and you're giving half." What's the point of that? They're, they're teaching us the, the currency of, of, of ancient times. Like, what, what's the point? And again, it's not, so it's when we say, till now, we understand the idea. How can there be a kapara? What's the meaning of, a, of an atonement? The meaning of atonement is that you realize that you and the Ebesh are one. That, that, that the, the two halves are the, are the Yid and the Ebesh That's why it says that there's ten gera, there's ten um, smaller coins in each of these halves, the ten smaller coins represent the ten spheres. Every person has within themselves ten soul powers, three intellectual soul powers, and seven emotional soul powers. So the idea of, the, uh, of, of, the, of, of realizing that you have ten gera, that means is that you realize that you are a half without the Ebeshter, that you are one with Hashem. That's the first step in, in atonement. First step in atonement is realizing that you're one with the Ebeshter, and therefore your essence is, what is godly, your essence is holy. Go ahead. Revelation of Harsinai, they felt complete. They felt complete. And that was a down. Well, the Yid has to remember no matter how you go, you only have. Because Hashem completes us. And Harsinai, they said, been there, done that. You know that expression? Interesting. I have a good Where'd you hear that? I never heard that. Very interesting. Please send me if you could. Go ahead. I had the great good fortune of, in addition to learning from you, Great thinkers and Ari Kaplan was my rab for about six years in the early 80s. And talking about grit and talking about Rashid. So he said that the, the, the board everybody knows is that Isha and Isha without the Yud and the Hay is fire, they burn up. He flipped it on his head, he said it's the Asia, it's the passion that makes the cleave for the Yud and the Hay. Wow. The so if you put Asia with grief, it's Rashid, that's creation. <laughs> Wow. Go figure. Nice. So you can't, not just enough to promise you're saying. There has to be some fire there too. That makes it. Yes. That's, Passion. that's a first step. That's gracious. That's gracious. Nice. Wow. Beautiful. You, you, just, you, just, you just flipped my head over. <laughs> that's really cool. You hear the way the word just said? It says, Ish v'isha, Zohar, if they merit, they have a shchina with them. It's a yud and a hay. If they have the merit, they have the yud, they, they have the, the shechina, the yud and the hay. So you're saying that Ray Kaplan said that it's the ash, it's a fire that they have for each other. The vessel for the yud and the hay is the fire. So it's not, it could have only fire, that's a problem. But, uh, right, too much of a good thing. You can't live on a straight pepper diet, you use it as a, as a little you know, accent. Well, we have a doctor here, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to ask him about the straight pepper. No, no, no doctor, okay, no pepper. Fine. 
Okay. So, so the, the reason the Torah again says that, that, that you have to give a half shekel. Then you was earlier, earlier on the Torah, Torah talks about the gift of Eliezer to Rivka. says give also a beka, and a beka is all. It says in the Garashi, it's a it's a hint to the half coin. This bracelet he gave is a hint to the half coin. But doesn't over there doesn't say the, what a whole coin is and divides it in half. The Torah is specifically is emphasizing. He's telling us that we he has to feel he's half that Hashem. And, and and this is the this is where the kapara comes from. You have a, you have a kapara because you and Hashem are one. It's not that it's not it's, it's not that, that that you're doing something godly, doing something holy that connects to Hashem. That you have a part of Hashem in you, and you are only that, more than shutfus. Shutfus means that actually halachically is a question about the, about a partnership. The two people are partners in the field. One opinion is that. They are, each of them owns 50% of the field. There's no where the 50% starts or where it stops. Another opinion is that each of them has a, has a joint ownership of every molecule of the field. But, but, even, but according to both of these explanations, there's still a separation. There's still different, two different partners. The, the idea of the, of the half shekel is, is that it, it, what it means really is that Yid and Hashem are one. That, that, that they, as it says, in the Zichamag, said a famous word. It says, Hashem told me, Shabbat, make for yourself two trumpets. Two trumpets means two shtei tsures. The musician Magad said that two trumpets can also be read as two half images. There was a Jew who told me this morning that uh, Hashem has his picture in his photo album, but it's a group picture. Hashem has everyone's picture in his photo album. But I disagree. I say, no, it's not, it's not a group picture. Hashem only has your picture in his photo album. And how is that? He only has your picture and only has my picture? Okay, the Avishter is, is a kol yach. Every is. Baal said that Hashem loves every Jew like an only child even more. So, 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 so the idea of a, of, of a, ha, of a half of, of, a, of a form means that a Jew is not just doing kindness and he's connecting with God's kindness. So has, the word is that, that, that as a Mishra Magad writes in the beginning of both of his farm, in Magad of Yaakov and Eritera, the Mishra Magad wrote and writes, and emphasized that it's the way he starts both of his farm. He writes that just like a father has the image of his son engraved in his, in his mind, so to the Abishter has every evening before he's born engraved in the Abishter's, so to speak, mind. It, it, it is a sura. So therefore, Yid feels he is half a form. He's, he is not complete without Hashem. He is one with Hashem. And that's why the Abishter forgives us for the sin of the golden calf and for all sins, because it's not that Hashem forgives us. It's that there's a part of us that doesn't need forgiveness. And, for, and that when that part is revealed, as it is in, 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 in through Shuva, and as we learn this parsha through the half shekel and through the rock and through the um, um, the covenant, this causes the kapara and it's revealed. And Eibush forgives us and brings us all the brachas of Gumit Hashem. We have two more minutes to say lachaim to Reb Zev Kesser in honor of his upcoming birthday. Lachaim Reb Zev, rochavat zloch lan yonim. Lachaim. Hopefully we are. When's the fabrengen? I'll take the rest tonight. All right. I'm waiting. Chaim Levracha, Chaim David, Chaim Levero. Any questions before we stop? Any questions? All right. Stop now. Wasn't online. I was using my calculator.